joining us today for our very first episode of the Drink and Deconstruct podcast. I am so happy that we are finally sharing it with you guys. I do want to let you know that uh, the next couple of episodes are pre-recorded, so we're going to stick with this format for now. But down the line, you know, we're always going to try to improve and change things and grow with you guys. So if you have any suggestions, let us know. We are figuring it out as we go. And with that, let's get into the episode. Hi, I'm your host, Grace Marino. And I'm Chelsea Fisher. Thanks for joining us today to drink and And deconstruct. deconstruct. This episode, as with all episodes of the Drink and Deconstruct podcast, represents solely host and guest opinions as stated by each individual. All situations represented are alleged and not statements of fact unless otherwise disclosed. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. So today we kind of wanted to just touch on, I think it's really important that we talk about our deconstruction stories and we kind of know, I think most of each other's deconstruction stories, but you know, kind of sharing them to each other and then to everyone listening. I feel like no, cause I'm, I know most of yours, but I can but, ask questions because there might be things I don't know. Cause I truly do think there are things that, about me that you just don't know. Yeah, but I I don't know if those will end up on the podcast anyways, but uh-huh. Sorry guys, that's my baby. So if you hear that, he is home and he does exist. So you're just going to have to Oh, we're drinking water too. No. I'm drinking water. Grace is drinking wine. Oh, I was drinking wine. I finished my wine. Oh, I might get a uh oh, what Mike's hard. Yeah, it's Sunday night. I don't really well. Afternoon. And I Sunday at 3.53 night to me. <laughs> it's night to me, and I don't want to drink. Ugh. Whatever. You don't have to drink. I am not that person that condones people to drink, or, like, forces people to drink. Although, I might go get a sparkling water. So give me a second, because I am thirsty. A tangerine and wild strawberry. Pellegrino. From Costco. <laughs> Fancy. <laughs> they come in, like... I don't know, three pack, like three 12 packs at Costco. I don't know how much they are because Nick does the grocery shopping, but much better. Okay, something that I want to do with like all of our guests mm-hmm. is get a background of like what brought you to church. Like, were you born there? Did you go, did you seek it out as an adult? My story kind of takes place before you probably remember, I think, because you're two years younger than me, like two and a half, I think. For being technical my childhood was a little bit different than yours because you were still a baby so our older sister our older sister got baptized when she was like i said seven or eight no just kidding i was seven or eight did she get baptized twice why do i remember no. her getting baptized at faith i was baptized at faith oh, okay when i was 16 yeah um but she got baptized she must have been like eight or nine nine or ten um and i was like seven or eight she would probably know the timeline a lot better because she's way better with like when things happened. But she got baptized and I, that's all I wanted to do. 
Like, I didn't understand what baptism was. I didn't know what it was, but I just knew people were clapping for her. And she was up at the front of the, like, we got to leave Sunday school, and she was up at the front of the church. And she got so much attention, and everybody was congratulating her afterwards. And, like, it was such an exciting day, and the attention my older sister got, I wanted. Like, I still struggle with needing attention all the time. But, um, even back then, like, that's why I wanted to be in church, was the attention. So we... I went home and our mom actually, and so we talked about it and, you know, she kind of sat with me in my bed and she just told me about heaven. She didn't really tell me about hell. She just told me about heaven and like when you believe in God, you get to go to heaven with God. I got saved, not so that I could get baptized, although that was still like a motivating factor. (laughs) Because I wanted the attention, Um, but because my like mom made it sound so compelling and so like I would be love and I would be and this I'm sorry to to the people in our lives who who listen to this and might get upset but so for those who don't know Chelsea's dad is not my biological father mm-hmm. he is my stepfather and he's been in my life since I was a baby I love him dearly. I call him dad. But at that time, when you're still young and you're still questioning why your real dad didn't want you, because I didn't know what had gone down between our, like my parents. Um, I just knew like I didn't get to see my real dad because of like choices he had made. I just thought that like no one loved me. So the idea of having that 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 God like that father figure was like so compelling to me and that like if I died I could go live with God and I could go in heaven and be with Jesus so that's like a lot of where that motivation for for save for getting saved came from but then my my biological dad would I have the precious moments bible that he gave me on September 12th 2002 I read the date yesterday (laughs) um which is funny because I think that's my cousin's birthday I think he would have been two that year. He, um, so he gave me this Bible and he wrote this long inscription in it about basically, I love you and you're an angel from God and close, not to, not physically, obviously close to my biological father, but a way to be like connected in something. Cause he would send me, like, he sent me like Zoe girl CDs and he, forgot about that. Yeah. And Rebecca St. James CDs. Oh and he would always, like, write us letters and talk about God and send us paintings. So, like, I had this idea of who he was built up in my head. And that was, like, this, like, God-honoring, God-fearing man. And, like, that's part of what brought me back to church after we left. Because we left when we left that church that that our older sister got baptized at. We left that church when I was, like, very shortly after that. So I never got to get baptized after I got saved. Um, and I don't remember why we left. I think they were asking for money. Yeah, I don't remember either. I think it was that. I think what, if I remember correctly, what um, we were tithing, they wanted us to raise it. And I think it was just like the whole church in general. They said right. like, if you're doing 10%, you need to be doing 20%. Yeah. They didn't like that, which I don't blame them. No, I, I absolutely don't blame them. But then, yeah, for several for several years after that, it was like, I felt like, 
I needed to reconnect with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we left that church, and I was still clinging to God. And I think my faith story has a lot to do with mental illness because I didn't I didn't realize this at the time, guys. Um, but I was probably nine, I'd say, when I first became suicidal. And it wasn't that I wanted to hurt myself. I just didn't want to exist. And I didn't want to live anymore. So I remember, and Chelsea and I have, since she was born, have always shared a room. I've never had my own room. Yeah. Anyway, so I remember it was Chelsea. I don't know where Chelsea was. She wasn't in our room. But I remember, like, this was back at, obviously, our old house. But I remember, like, like knees on the floor just sobbing. So just let me wake up and let me be in heaven with you. And that was kind of the driving factor for me was, like, the love and light that, like, Jesus gives and that, like, God is and how he's a father was, like, the the entire catalyst for me wanting to to know God. Why were I mean I don't even know if I could ask this question because it's like it's personal. But mm-hmm. why were you suicidal at night? Um genetics mostly. So like depression. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have and everybody who is in my personal life knows this, I have bipolar too, which wasn't diagnosed until way later in life. I have CPTSD from childhood. And I have just generalized anxiety disorder. So I it just I just was depressed and my bipolar too like granted most people don't who are bipolar don't like start symptoms until they're like in their teens. Mm, I've heard that. Um so it was it was very early for me um and like I said I didn't even realize it until after I left high school and realized hey I was depressed my entire junior year of high school. Yeah, it was just genetic depression like it was okay. Yeah. Maybe I talk about what brought me back to church. I don't remember that. Yeah. I, um, um, invited me. Oh. Yeah. And her mom would drive me. So you started going before we started going? Uh Uh-huh. And I would, like, I begged my, like, mom and dad to go because I thought, like, they were gonna die and go to hell. Yeah. Um, if they weren't in church. Um, and again, like, the whole thing was, like, Everybody needs to go to heaven because heaven's amazing. Yeah, so I I got you guys to come, and mom and dad never really liked it either. Yeah, I don't I don't know why I don't remember that, but it makes sense now. Yeah. I just like all I have a memory of, and I know this isn't my story, so yeah, I'll no, 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 no. later. No, is like we popped in the church. <laughs> like I don't remember like how we got there. I just remember like being there. Oh yeah, no, it was it was me because I went to, I started going to youth group, so I can blame you. Yeah, okay. Well, no, I had a talk with my therapist about it. I was like, I blame myself for all of the trauma Chelsea went through. And she was like, did you try to? Right. And, and I don't blame like, you either. No. And I feel like we would have ended up at first regardless if we went to faith or not. True. And plus, I was acting up. And that's what made mom... This is not my thing. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. But I was acting up, which made my parents send me to Christian school, which yeah. is where all my trauma came from. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, I don't think it's really your fault. Yeah. I would have been but there my anyway. therapist was like, you didn't do it. Like, stop yeah. blaming yourself. But, you know, religion and church teaches you that you are responsible for other people's salvation and you are responsible for other people's existence. Mm, I'm going to go into that when I <laughs> when I have my turn. 
Um, so yeah, we I started going to youth group and I loved it because they had such that church and I I do not have a bad thing to say about that church now. I I don't necessarily I think a lot of them were like misguided in some ways but i also heart for missionary work and that's yeah. why I, I went to college to be a missionary was because of that and then you know i'll get into a little bit later but i realized that like missions work is not great um in a lot of different ways but like they wanted to do good and they yeah. like did they did like back to school things for the community and i feel like me and you had much different experiences at that church yeah. So, yeah. I digress. Yeah. I was, like, well respected in the church, too, which I think kind of contributed to my need to, to stay in and kind of, like, because of all of, all of us in our family, I, I kind of delved into Christianity and faith the most. Like, I clung to it as kind of, like, my solace and my safe place yeah and like i said part of that was because i was i mean i was teaching basketball at the church on saturdays because i did upwards which i hate basketball and i have coached it and gotten paid or like volunteered to coach it mm -hmm. like four times like four separate times i worked at the ymca and i taught basketball i hate basketball yeah but it was basketball. fun i did cheerleading for upward i've never cheerleaded oh. in yeah. my life but yeah. it was fun did you do cheerleading or did you uh like, I teach, taught it. Teached it. I teached it. I taught it. But yeah, like, VBS. I loved helping out at VBS. And, like, I was always in the nursery or the, the children's church. And, like, all of the kids loved me. And I was pretty well-liked by the teenagers, too. Like, I was friends with a lot of them when I went to school with. And those that I didn't go to school with were still friends. And when we went to, like, uh, Skyview and we did, but when we went to camp, like, I don't know, we bonded so well. Like, I just loved how loved I felt in that church. And I think that's, like, really the basis for me of all religion and why I started deconstructing was because I realized that the world loves people better than the church ever has. In, in general, in the sense of church, like the big C church. Because, yes, if I had, if I had never left faith... Mm -hmm. I still would be going to church every Sunday. That was me having a good experience at one church, and I'm not going to try to discredit people's bad experiences, especially since I had a bad experience yeah. following that one, and then um, a bad experience in college. Why I fell in love with church, and I loved going to church, and I wanted to go to church as much as possible. I would go on Saturdays to coach. Like It was my favorite time of the week was going to youth group we do things outside of church at like the youth group leader's house because she had two of the kids in youth group that i was friends with and we would go over there and we would swim and like stuff like that but yeah so that's that's really how we got into that church if you went back to that church would you feel the same way i don't know i thought about that too. okay the, okay not like the church now but like the church as it was but you as you are now if that makes sense mm, that does make sense um yeah. I mean, I'm a lot more jaded than I was then. Yeah. So I would definitely see a lot of the love as love bombing. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it was intentioned to be such. But then again, that's, you know, 28-year-old Grace looking through 14-year-old Grace's eyes. Yeah. As, like, I really believe that they were genuinely good people and I still hold them in such a high regard. But, but also, if I had just met them fresh... 
you know, tomorrow I might roll my eyes at everything they say and might be like, this is manipulative, this is a cult tactic. I don't, like, from my perspective, I don't think they were, like, culty. No, I don't, I don't either. Yeah, I just think they were, I don't even know the good word for it. I think, I think they were, like, the best of a bad system. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I don't, I, like I said, I don't have anything bad to say about them. I don't have any ill will towards that church. I think now, like you said, you're jaded. Like, I will get into it in my thing, but, like, I don't believe in a lot of things I believe. Yeah. So, like, looking at it now, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like, cringe, but. Yeah. Like, you're still good people. I th- Exactly. I think they're good people with pure hearts, and yeah. they just, like, the beliefs might not line up with what I believe now. Right. But I don't, I wouldn't go in and think, like, oh, my God, these are horrible people in there. Like, I hate it here. Yeah. Our second church. <laughs> that leads us in. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan. Yeah. And I don't know how to say this in a way that will not piss a ton of people off. We transitioned a little bit, but we didn't start, like, why we left. I don't really remember why we left. Oh, I do. Oh, why? Because. Oh, I think I know, but keep going. Okay, we're going to bleep names. Yeah. Um, Because mom worked. (gasps) I forgot. Uh Uh-huh. And was telling her about um, our you. And so we left the church. A thousand percent. We left the church because um, our uncle had addiction issues before he passed. And, you know, I, I want to make this perfectly clear. I think addiction is a disease. And I'm not behind 12-step programs. I'm not behind AA, anything like that. If it's good for you, if it helps you, I am glad. I don't think a lot of them are helpful. Yeah. I, I can't um, knock, like, addiction programs if they genuinely do help somebody. Yeah. I just get nervous, like, with faith and God-based addiction programs because at any point you can deconstruct and and then you lose the basis of what you're basing your addiction like right recovery exactly i i yes i wish recovery for every addict yes um i truly do and i think that there should be this is a little bit of a different tangent but i think that there should be like government funded like addiction programs that like are clinically scientifically psychologically based yes yes but this is definitely a different tangent yes this is definitely a different tangent but but yes so we went for the addiction program yes um because my dad our dad started going with his brother and then they introduced Mm. because he was going on friday nights and so they introduced the teen aspect of it to keep teens from ever even doing drugs Which, believe it or not, was the actual point of that. Yeah, it was like, (laughs) our you was on Friday nights and was on Friday nights as well. And it was like, you could be out, (laughs) like, doing drugs on your Friday night, but instead you're here at church throwing Mm -hmm. dodgeballs at each other. And that that was it. (laughs) Yeah, to keep us from doing drugs. Yes. That's all we did on Friday nights. Uh Uh-huh. And Friday, I don't know. Friday don't, specifically. No, I don't know if you're aware of this, but legally, Fridays are the only nights you're allowed to drink alcohol or do drugs. Oh, that's sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah. I don't know why it was just Fridays. I, do, like, I mean, we were at church five times a week. Mm-hmm. I yeah. was, I, well, I mean, I was when I started going to school there. Yeah, but, but I, um, so yeah, we transitioned to 
our second church because of their addictions program. And then we started going and I remember I thought we went the first time we went was for like Easter. Uh Uh-uh. I swear. So, no, because the first time we went, they had, and maybe you didn't go, but the first time we went was in the nursery. I do remember that. Yeah. But also, like, I think it's important to remember. This was years ago. This was years ago. These people have maybe changed. Maybe. Maybe. But they also were raised and indoctrinated in a cult. I'm not bleeping out that I think the IFB is a cult. Yeah. Well, I can forgive. I can forgive, like, yeah. bad takes. But I can't forgive just being a mean fucking person. And I yeah. think people were just mean to me a lot of the time. Yeah. So that's what well, I'm that's, saying. Yeah, it was a very, very tight-knit group. And, like, so when you first started, everybody thought you were, like, this amazing person yes. because you were, I mean, everybody thought we were the coolest people because we were And as somebody, <gasps> you are an attention whore. <laughs> I mean, have we not covered that? No, but what I'm saying is you were saying you like attention so much. This was probably, like, your dream. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's what it was. Like, everybody's like, oh, my God, you go to public school? That's, like, because nobody there went to public school. Everyone. I had, a t- I had everyone's attention, and I loved that. <laughs> um, and you, it was like, it, it wore off pretty quickly, but at the same time, I was still, I was still respected, I think, in the church to a degree. Maybe not as much as maybe in the first church we were at, but people looked up to me, and I was like the leader of one of the teams in, uh, we're going to call it youth group now. Okay. When you compare the two churches... I went from, we had world clocks. I don't know if you remember that. We had that, like, we had that world map with, like, clocks above it at our first church that showed where, like, donations and missions were being. Oh, I do remember that. And, like, it showed the time of every place that we had missionaries that we sponsored. And, like, they were so outward focused. Yeah. And that's what I loved about it because as much as I do love attention, I also think that I have a very big heart for people. And, like... I will literally, like, slice my own neck if you ask me to. Like, I don't know why that was the first thing I thought of. Yeah, I don't know. But so, going from the first church to the second church, it was so intrinsic. Everything was all about this specific church. And all about its people. And all about its pastor. And its pastor was basically God. Cults use behavior control. To control what you wear, what you watch, who you talk to. It is a cult. I just get so passionate about that. People are like, it's a religion. It's not a cult. And I'm like, oh, all cults are religions. When everything you do is focused on this one place, yeah. Yeah. That was the thing about the independent fundamental Baptists. Because they pride themselves on being like a loosely held together organization. But they're yeah. all independent. And the, the head of your church is your pastor. Mm-hmm. And like that's the other thing. In our first church, we had deacons. I forgot about that. Yeah, we had. I like. I wasn't there. Apparently, <laughs> I don't. I don't know what happened. You blacked out your. Honestly, yeah. School. Um, but like we had like a wanna that the kids did. Like we had we had outside of our church programs, and they they were. I think they were. I don't know if they were Southern Baptist or if they were independent Baptist, but not independent fundamental. Baptist. I also think that the the things that they did weren't always church-based 
I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. we had the quilt show. They had the backpack thing. Yeah. They had, um, or like the back to school thing. Yeah. And, and, and all of those, it was just they had to trunk be, or treat. Trunk or treat. They had to genuinely be like decent human beings. Yeah. And it wasn't like, you're going to go to hell, come in here and get saved. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it they was like, actually, um, so the youth group leaders came to my, I don't know if you know this, but they no. came to my high school. And, um, so the, I don't know if you've ever heard of See You at the Pole. I do. Which sounds like a stripper thing. He, <laughs> but it's not. He's... You go and you pray around the flagpole for America. <laughs> Which, like, granted, we did have a Christian flag and an American flag in our first church. I do remember that. Um, which was weird. Yeah. I know we had the American flag in our second church. I don't know about the Christian flag. I prayed to the Christian flag every morning, so we did have one. Okay. <laughs> um... Um, but yeah, um, they, my youth group leaders came to the high school and did like minute to win it games and at assembly that. for like see what the poll and they were just like, oh, I yeah. mean, I don't think they touched, they might've touched on God, but it was like people like taking tissue pa- tissue out of a box. I remember that. I well, have, I remember the pictures. I don't yeah, remember I was, actually I being a, there. I have a picture on my Facebook of when it happened, but like it was, they went out to the schools, they went out to the community and then you go to these people that are like, mm, no, our churches. Our church is led by the pastor. That's it. We don't really go anywhere else yeah. unless and they, the pastor approves. They want people to come to the church, but they didn't ever like. And if they were going out, you mm-hmm. had, I mean, it was all church-based. Mm-hmm. We had, I have remember, like, for the youth group activities, like, I couldn't go unless I was wearing, like, a skirt that they approved of. Mm-hmm. I was 18. Mm-hmm. And your and you were still in high school. Yes. And your high school took a field trip to a farm. Oh my god! Yeah, I remember that. That my friend owned. Really? Yeah. I, I worked with her at Steak and Shake. What farm? Did I go? I don't think so. I oh, went. Oh, okay. They were like, Grace, you should come, and I I was like, cool. And I had to wear. They were like, you can wear jeans under your skirt. Oh, so I wore a long ass jean skirt. With jeans underneath it, and hiked my skirt up around my waist, and was basically just wearing jeans. My friend died laughing at me. She's like, "Grace, you look stupid." I, was like, I know, so but I wanted to hang out with them. That's like so the fact that I couldn't, I couldn't be a leader in the youth group without wearing Mm-mm. a skirt. But it was just so like, this is our rules, yeah. and there's like a, a ton of IFB churches mm-hmm. in America, but they're not like. That's the crazy thing. There's no overseer of them, which is why there's so much like sexual abuse running rampant that nobody's checking. Or, mm. I mean, granted, the Catholic Church has sexual abuse right. and they do have an overseer. So, you know, that's not the end all be all. But, like, nobody, the person who gets the last word is the pastor. I don't think we had deacons. Mm-mm. We had, like, or like we had just a couple old guys up front and maybe they were the deacons, but it was never known Mm-mm. that that's what they were. And I, I mean, we were in the church for like four or five years. We are going to talk about this church and IFB in general. Yes. In like in detail. Oh, in in detail in many upcoming. Yeah. Yeah. Because the problem with me is like once we start talking about it, I want to go on about it forever. But um, this is about grace. This is about yes. This is my moment to shine. Okay, but we will go into detail on that in in future episodes. Yep. So now it's about grace. No, it's, it's about weekend. So, you were in church. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> but you were still going to public school. Yes. Um, because everyone actually, I don't know if you know this, you probably know this, mom got into a fight 
No. Oh, you know what? I might know. Not a fight, but like a... Yeah, so um, mom actually got into like a disagreement with this guy mm -hmm. who told her that... Do I know this guy? Yeah. This is the guy that I dislike most. He's a piece of poop. Yeah. Okay. So uh, he basically told mom that either she was the devil or she was influenced by the devil or is the work of the devil. I forget, but the devil was involved. Um, and he was, he was more radical than even the pastor. Yeah. He was insane. Mm -hmm. He was fanatical. Like he was radical and bigoted and. He was an awful human being. Yeah. Like that's, that's the gist of that. Yeah. Regardless. But he basically told mom that something about the devil for letting me go to public school still. Like, either I was being influenced by the devil, or she was the devil, or was the work of the devil. Like, public school in general was the work of the devil. Meanwhile, his kids were not registered in the state of Ohio at school. They weren't? No. The, the, oh, the state of I Ohio mean, did not know that they were going to school. Why am I surprised? I'm not. Yeah. Allegedly. That is what I found out when I was still there. Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying that is fact, but that is what was alleged to me. Alleged. Yeah, so I went a little bit crazy. I've heard stories. From me? Or from mm. other people? Anthony, he says you were Bible thumb. I was. Also, Anthony was me. He was me. He was a mean person. <laughs> Anthony is my fiance. Fiance. Um, <laughs> I knew him first in high school and he was weird. I love Anthony, um, but he is very sarcastic. Yes. And he's a very dry sense of humor. And back then it hurt my feelings. And now I just look at him and I'm like, shut up. Honestly, you could just smack him. The gist of it is Chelsea's fiance is a sarcastic man. But he he's not sarcastic in saying that Grace was no. a Bible thumper. Yes, I definitely for sure was. And I think a lot of that just stemmed from, we're going to get into therapy mm -hmm. at this point. Um, but a lot of that stemmed from the idea that like I needed to be right. Yeah. So at home, it was very like my wits against mom's. Mm all the time. Like, I remember this one time we got in a fight about whether it was called a book jacket or a dust I jacket. I remember that and you guys would not shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and I, so the bet was if I won, mom would do my dishes. Which, mind you, I was the only one in the house that ever had to do dishes. I, middle child syndrome is real. I really was. It was always my punishment. That's because I didn't do dishes right. I so. didn't either. M Mom still makes fun of how I wash silverware. You just put it in the dishwasher. Well, now. <laughs> we didn't have a dishwasher. I was the dishwasher. Um, but yeah, I would always get punished for talking back because I, too, am a sarcastic asshole. But you're not. I mean, you're talking back was just saying, okay. But um, no, so we got in a fight about book jacket or dust jacket. And I said it was called a book jacket or dust jacket. I don't know which one I said. But whatever one I said, we looked up in the dictionary and that gave the definition. And then the other one said C, the first one. So it was like C book jacket for like the definition of dust jacket was C book jacket. So I thought that that meant that I was right. And she'd been doing dishes. I was very upset. <laughs> so they're the same thing. It took spent like 3,000 years fighting about yeah, it. Yeah. But it was always like, I would say something and my, my intelligence was always being tested. And I was the smart child. Mm. I hate saying that, but like we were kind of compartmentalized into our own. Mm. Like our older sister was the artistic one. I was the smart one and you were the social one. Uh, uh, okay. I didn't say they were true. 
I just said, like, and my mom told me my entire life I can't draw. Yeah. But, like, I'm really good at it. I mean, I'm decent at it. But, like, I, I enjoy doing it. So I do it now. It was, I had to be right. Because I didn't think I was worth anything in, like, as who I was. Because as much as I loved God, the Bible and, and Christians and church teaches you that you are a piece of shit. Like, it teaches you that you are worthless. That... You alone cannot accomplish or do anything, and that only through Christ are, is anything good mm. in your life. Which is, is something to this day that even as I still consider myself a Christian, I don't believe. I believe, like, a lot of Christians don't give themselves enough credit. And, like, yeah, you might have run five miles. You might have lost 30 pounds. And you did that, not God. Right. But, but God made you. So ultimately, the glory is his, but you don't have to be like, God gave me the strength. No, he didn't. You got your ass up at 5 a.m. every morning and walked. You know what I mean? And then jogged and then ran. Like, you did the hard work. Give yourself credit for doing the hard work. Right. Sorry, another tangent. <laughs> but, Full of them. Yeah. But um, so public school, I was so afraid of being wrong, and this was something I was good at something I knew and something that gave me purpose because I didn't think I had a purpose otherwise. Um, because I, again, the church teaches you that you don't have purpose outside of the church and especially that church, mm. you don't have purpose if you're not following our rules. I was insufferable. <laughs> I literally, were you I, like one of those devil advocate, like people in class, like I'd be like, I'd like to play the devil's advocate and then like talk about your like religion. No. What? I would never have said devil's advocate. If it's because of because the, it the devil. Yeah. Okay, but you know, have you never heard of that? No, like, I, I know what a devil's advocate is. No, I know a devil's advocate, but it's like a thing now. Like people will be like that devil's advocate kid. Like there's always that one in class that always oh. has to be like, like, let me play the devil's advocate. But you don't have to say that oh. because of the devil. <laughs> But, like, always debating in classes, basically. I was, I was always debating, but it was n never about faith. Never religion? No. Oh. Not really. I was just very argumentative and very, I had to be right about Did everything. You, like, at school, were you more, like, a quiet Christian? Or were you, like, no, I know you weren't a quiet person. But, I mean, like, did you, like, try to, wit like, witness to people? I was a judgmental bitch. Yeah. So, like, my friends would say something, I'd be like, that's not good. Yeah. That's not Christian. Yeah. Yeah. I got mad at you one time because of that. What happened? Because, <laughs> because I made a Pinterest board of my woman crush Wednesdays because I'm fucking bi. And you were just like, I was like, what, you don't have woman crush Wednesdays? You're like, no, God, God says like you're not allowed to have woman crush Wednesdays. I do not remember having that conversation or that thought process. You did. You told me like I, I don't. I don't disbelieve you, like, but I just do not remember. <laughs> this is why I have to tell my therapist I can't. I block everything out. <laughs> well, I was mad at you. So you told your friends where you were wrong, and they still were friends with you. Yeah. Good for them. I had a friend. Oh my god, I'm about to tell you the worst thing I've ever done. Okay. <laughs> not the worst thing I've ever done, but the worst thing I did in high school. I had this poor, poor boy. <laughs> Okay. Who was a really good guy. Yeah. And a really good friend of mine. And his birthday is the day before mine. Okay. So there's that. Um, but I was not allowed to date until I was 16. Mm-hmm. He asked me out. My birthday's in March. He asked me out 
in November while we were in our uh, driving class. And I told him, I'm, I'm not allowed to go out until I'm 16. You're so good. You're a good person. No, I'm not. <laughs> story gets worse. The story gets so much worse. He would, like, walk me to class every day and hold my books. Oh. And he bought me chocolate, like chocolate roses on Valentine's Day. And like literally like, there was a rose he bought that was like made of feathers. Like, <laughs> I remember this. He was the sweetest boy. Oh God. I did. Okay. So his birthday, mm-hmm. the day before mine, he's like, so tomorrow. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> so tomorrow we get to go out. Yeah. Like you can officially be my girlfriend. <laughs> And I had been, mind you, I had been wrestling with this behind the scenes this whole time. But I hadn't, I hadn't told him any of this. Okay. Because the communication was not my strong suit. I wasn't, this is my first, like, relationship. Not really, but, like, the first real one would have been. So. So, his birthday. He's like, I get to go out with you tomorrow. And I didn't say anything. And then my birthday came. And he asked me out. And I said no. Oh, why? <laughs> because he was Mormon. <laughs> do I know this guy? Mm-hmm. Oh. You probably know his sister, too. Oh, I do remember that. <laughs> Did he cry? Yeah. Oh. And, like, he teared up. And then he, he just walked away. And, like, I literally have apologized to him so many times since. Yeah. But, like, I was like, God doesn't want us to be unequally yoked. Like, that's what I was thinking about at 16. Yeah. Instead of going out with a boy. Just a brief interruption from Editing Grace. Um, So the app we use to edit only lets you do an hour-long clip at a time. And Chelsea and I did so much bullshitting that it took longer than that. So the new audio clip, which you're about to hear... um, Apparently, I didn't do it right, so there's a lot of background noise. I apologize for how awful the sound quality sounds. So if you stick with us through the rest of this, thank you. So, like, he knew how insane I was. Like, the religious thing. Everybody did. I carried my Bible everywhere. Just because people say or do things doesn't mean that that reflects who they are because I was fighting an internal battle Mm. my entire life yes but I will contest to that that you are not wrong for cutting anybody out oh agreed yeah agreed and I'm not saying that but I'm also saying like assume and I heard this the other day and it's like the most beautiful thing assume ignorance before you assume malice yeah. I wasn't being a bigot. I was reciprocating what had been told to me. And I was trying to change who I was and my viewpoint of myself to fit what I had been told was good and right. So, like, yeah, I said stupid fucked up shit um, after I went to church. But I was also, like, people don't know, I cried myself to sleep every night in high school. mm mm-hmm. I would stay up late at night texting my suicidal friends to make sure that they were okay. There were a lot, there was a lot of good in Teenage Grace. And if I had gone about it differently, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't 
I, I, the thing is, I'm always afraid that, like, if I weren't so Christian-y, I might have been more popular. And that, like, who would that have made me? You know what I mean? Would yeah. I, would I be as empathetic? Would, would I be where I am now? You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't have gone to, to Cedarville. Right. I wouldn't have met Nick. Butterfly effect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I, it's, it's, because it's something that they did teach in church a lot, was, like, if you turn left instead of right. Mm. Your world might be completely altered, and that's God. Yeah. No, that's but that's the circumstance. Thing, like we talked about this with Annie too. Mm-hmm. I don't get that. I've never got that because it's like if you turn this way, but then God has like predestined everything for you. So like obviously, then I don't really pre. Yeah, I I don't think the churches we went to never preached predestination i'm pretty they, sure they preached against predestination mm. because predestination is like calvinism i thought like the first was like uh-uh mm. yeah like god knows the plans he has for you yeah god but knows. it's not like made you turn right it's he knew you would yeah so that at that point why why do i do anything why do you rewatch a show you know the ending to yeah i it's, guess it's it's not like he's like oh let me put a road closed sign in her way yeah but if if god made everything so like he authored some things and just knows what the other things are but that's the thing is like kind of we're the authors of our own story in that sense and christians don't preach that they would never let you say you're the author of your own story yeah because i've always heard it's god god's God's the the author author. right but like he's not making us do anything so he's not the author the publisher maybe but not not the author that's not how that works that's like saying. if i can make my own decisions i'm making the decisions but like if, if god said like this is way off way it is topic. but it's okay well if god like this is what i never got if he knows what is happening for god does that make sense i don't know mm, no that's that's the difference between what the ifb preaches and what calvinists preach calvinists say it doesn't matter what you do yeah Anybody who's going to come to God is going to come to God because God put their name in a book. They're going to come to God. IFB says God knows you're coming to him. Yeah. And that's why we need to go. Because if we don't go, you won't come to him. So God's God's plan isn't enacted. But so it's, we're fucking up God's plan if we don't go door knock? Basically. Okay. Which is die on the way to door knocking. Do I like miss out on somebody's destiny? Like yeah, that's a, a thousand percent. Yeah. Um, the IFB makes you feel responsible for other people's salvation. Yes. So I don't know if you remember this, but on a Friday night, I brought somehow somebody, somehow this guy got to church. Mm-hmm. This guy that, to be honest, I had had a crush on forever. So I had went to church. Yeah. Oh. So he got, he got saved. But like I had been praying for him for years and mm-hmm. years mostly because I was I was like he's going to hell and like mm-hmm. this person that I care about I don't want them to go to hell so I like felt personally like and then he came and he got saved yeah or saved depending on whether or not he actually did I don't know because they didn't really explain what salvation was when they saved people they just they made reaped. them scared of hell. We, they reaped in the numbers. And they yeah. were just like, we got another one saved. And like literally didn't care if they ever showed up again. They but, um, <sighs> they were like farming salvation. Yeah. But um, the pastor preached about how I prayed for this guy. And he was like, 
grace and her dedication and her spirit to just keep praying. The Lord's work will be done. And I'm like, I've been praying for this guy for like five years. And he didn't even come to church because I invited, I think I did invite him, but I think like, but it's in it's mysterious ways. But like, yeah, but I'm like, also like you preached to him. Like, I, I don't know why this is like a, yeah, but, yeah, but I, they were like, so that made, the, that catalyst made me feel even more responsible for everyone. I was like, mm -hmm. I gotta start praying for everyone because I can do it. I can save people by praying for them hard enough. Mm. And it was literally just like, do you want to go to hell if you don't like say this prayer? Right. Like that's yeah. fucked up. So weird. It was like, raise your hand. And then like everybody raised their hand. And also, can we talk about the fact that like the pressure that puts on you? Like, yeah, I was saved and had been saved for 10 years and was still like, I feel like shit not raising my hand. Oh, yeah. Well, we had that assembly. Do you remember that assembly? It was like a high school. And there was a whole crowd of people. I think, like, somebody rapped or something. I don't remember. But it was like, raise your hand if you want, like, to be saved or, like, have God. I don't even remember. But everybody in the auditorium raised their hand. And since I was already, like, in church, I, uh -huh. mean, like, think didn't raise their hand. Oh. And, like, we were the only people sitting there. It was so awkward. Like, yeah, you feel weird. Yeah. What made you transfer or like transition from like first to Cedarville since they were like so different? Oh, um, because I had set out. I had decided in seventh grade when I started faith mm -hmm. that I was going to Cedarville because that was the set the school they sent everyone. So it was never like I wanted to leave first to go to Cedarville because it was frowned upon. Yeah, for me to go to Cedarville. Apparently, people did not like that I was going to a Bible college that was not an IFB college. No. Looser Christian college. The lukewarm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they didn't like that I was going to, like, the non-denominational Christian college. And they also did not like that I was going to the same college as Nick Marino. Who's Nick Marino? <laughs> that would be my husband. It was literally before I left, one of the adult leaders mm. brought me into a room had me put my hand on the bible that is weird and repeat after her and she said i will not and i said i will not she said date nick and i was like date nick mind you i was talking to another guy named nick yeah and i was like oh i'm dating that nick like i don't know what you're talking about and she said marino and i was like uh oh, marino i don't know who the fuck that is i've never talked to him in my life um we're friends on facebook and I've met his sister, but like barely, and yeah. I, don't, I don't really know them. So it was not a problem at all. But like by the time I came back for, which like, honestly, can we talk about telling somebody not to do something puts that thing in their head? Well, I mean, then who does that? Who, first of all, who does that? Right? Well, and it's not like from what, okay, from what I know of Nick, and you don't have to include this, is he's not like a womanizer. <laughs> Like, he doesn't date all these people. So it's not like it's like, um, from what I know, he wasn't dating all these people. So it's not like... I was his first girlfriend. Right. It's not like, for some reason... I will tell you. Yes. I heard a lot of shit about Nick from mm -hmm. the church. From this, this boy that grew up mm -hmm. in the church, and the family did everything right by the church's standards and they were talking shit about him yeah they were right. telling they were spreading lies nick worked with one of the guys at church and i was told by him and some of the other guys that they worked with that nick would show up to work drunk and be belligerent yeah 
and fight people. Mm-hmm. That never happened. And I'm not just taking Nick's word for it. Him and him and his brother yeah. worked together at some point. So sure, they fought. Right. Because they're teenage boys. But I know that didn't happen because Nick is the sweetest man when he's drunk. Like, he turns into a baby. Like, funny. He's not a belligerent person. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but they would tell lies about him. And the reason, so I came back from... Um, yeah, Christmas. Like I came back on Christmas break, and I was like, uh, "You're gonna be mad at me to this, to this lady, the same lady." And she was like, "Why?" And I was like, "I have a date." And she's like, "Yay!" And I was like, "With Nick Marino." And she's like, "That's okay. I just he was going through a rough time." Yeah. And like, so like his parents were getting divorced. Oh God. Can't and can't associate with it. Yeah, and I was gonna be led astray because of that or something like i don't i don't fucking know what their point was or what the like motivation was and i'm speculating that it's because like nick had started to deconstruct himself Mm. and they didn't want that influence on me just so weird out of all people on earth why him like i don't Mm -hmm. i still don't understand i know but like i said telling a teenage girl not to do something (laughs) yeah they're gonna do it yeah like i had no no plans to speak to nick marino Mm -hmm. until she was like don't date nick marino and i'm like "Mm." (laughs) the next night i would be like nick marino (laughs) like i said we were friends on facebook yeah at that point but we had never met in person and we had only did you start talking on Facebook? Mm-hmm. Okay. How do you not know that story? I don't know things. Nobody tells me anything. I literally have written this story every year on our anniversary. What, like I DM'd you or something? in your DMs? And no. what? This is my favorite story in the world to tell. It's going to be like, I slid into his DMs. No. Kind of, but no. So I went to the senior banquet. Oh, that uh-huh. senior banquet. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I went to the senior banquet with someone else and there was a video mm-hmm. of past graduates and nick popped up and he was like i'm going to cedarville and a friend requested him and he accepted and i was like hey i know your sister i don't know you he's like because he's like doing do i know you yeah and i was like no i know your sister i don't know you i just saw a video where you were going to cedarville um whatever and we didn't talk again until the first or second day of school when I texted him and I asked him, I'm like, I, or messaged him on Facebook, and I was like, I don't really know you. Do you have this book by chance that I need mm. um, for this class that I have tomorrow? And he was like, No, I have that same class. Well, because he was like, I have that same class, and I was like, Oh, well, then I can use your book. And he was like, No, like I have it tomorrow as well. Mm. And I was like, oh, I just need it until like the library gets more books in, whatever. Um, and then I was like, What class are you in? And he, he told me, and it was different from the one I was in. I was like, Damn it, we gotta share a book. <laughs> oh. I was really going through mm. a lot of shit. We'll tell this story because it's it's relevant. Um, so I was sexually assaulted at school. And I like to preface and I like to say not rape um, because I think there's an important distinction. Um, but I was, which mind you, school had only started a couple weeks before. I mean, I suffer from depression. My bipolar was unmedicated and undiagnosed even at that point. And then, you know, I was going through a lot of, like, trauma. And so I attempted suicide in, like, October. And the the school didn't really do anything. They tried to get me a counselor. And then I was like, they were like, well, the only one we have left is a male. And I was like, I can't, I can't right now have a male counselor. And they were like, well, I'm sorry, we can't see you. And then they were basically like, I've heard stories. This is all alleged to me, but I've heard stories that they've made people sign NDAs 
about like their suicide attempts so that it doesn't like spread negativity on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't happen to me, but I was monitored yeah. by my RA and I was just like, literally like you could, so we had to go to chapel five times a week at 11 a.m. and you could scan out like, so you had to go in and you had to get scanned. Yeah. Um, and so they like keep count of you mm-hmm. and they, you could, you could go online and you could request like a reason to skip. And a lot of guys, there was like a forum where a lot of these guys would post that they like got out of chapel for the week because they started their period. Like oh, men. Oh my yeah. God. So like that was a perfectly okay excuse that men could use because they didn't care who said it. Right. But your period was an excuse, which thank God it is. Yeah. Like to be fair, a lot of people would be like, so what? Suck it up, buttercup. Like I said... I am depressed and I cannot get out of bed. And they said, you still have to come to chapel. And if you really wanted to, you would have to file a disability with the, with the campus, like with the, the college. And you would have to get like a, a diagnosed, like you would have to get like a medical thing to be able to use that as a, as a reason. I was like, I just fucking tried to kill myself. But okay, I literally, this was the most depressed I have ever been in my life. I slept for three days straight, literally didn't shower. I had some water by my bed and I got up to pee. But then I lived for the rest of the week. I lived on a chunk of like cheddar cheese (laughs) and some ranch Mm. Um, because cheese and ranch is fucking bomb. I don't know if you know that. I love just a snack. I like cheese and I like ranch, but I don't like them together. I love dipping cheese and ranch. That's just a snack. But I went across the street to the gas station and just bought a chunk of cheese and lived on that for like a week. And um, like I was so fucking depressed and they did not care. So then I met Nick. In December, I was having a panic attack because I had started having those. That was the first panic attack I've ever had. Uh, December 10th, to be be exact. It was at like 3 a.m. I was dying. I was on, on... on uh it was the day before my final mm-hmm. um i was on facebook and i was just like god and you might roll your eyes at this part but i was just like god i need because uh, i was like i'm done like mm-hmm. trying to find a man i'm done trying to find anything like i need a friend i need someone who understands me and somebody who cares about me i need somebody anybody online right now that will listen to me and not even 30 seconds later Nick's little green light popped up and he was the only one that popped up and like I don't believe in praying for myself for physical things it's mm-hmm. the only thing that I've ever prayed for that God has given me like tangibly like a, like a thing right but I literally I just started texting Nick and I was like I'm so sorry I know I don't know you really well but I'm having a panic attack and I really need you and he was like, it's okay. We'll get through it. Like, I'm mm. here. I, I, you know, I understand what's going on. Like, like talk to me, whatever. Um, so we literally spent the rest of the night talking. And he was like, well, I'm going to let you go to sleep. And I was like, no, you're, you want to go to sleep. That's what you really mean. And he was like, oh, my God, where have you been all my life? Like, I hate the bullshit. Like, thank you for not being, like, yeah, like a bullshitter. And so, like, we have not gone a day without speaking ever since. And I missed my final the next morning because <laughs> I didn't go to bed till like 5 a.m. But he got up to get a drink of water, which he he sometimes does at night, but like he never checks his phone. So like I somehow just got lucky that I was like in that moment, the yeah. one moment he had woken up, which was amazing. And like learning from him, like learning faith from Nick was, a, was wild. Yeah. Like I thought I knew everything about what, what christians say faith is and like 
talking to Nick, I, I learned a completely different type of Christian existed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, he's at Cedarville. Like, I have to trust that he <laughs> believes the same things I do. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, he didn't. And it was it was so interesting to talk to somebody who was like, do you think hell's a real place? That was never questioned. Yeah. Nobody in my life ever asked me that. Nobody ever questioned whether or not I thought, like, hell was a real place. Whether or not I ever thought the story of Noah or the story of Jonah or the story of like Moses parting the Red Sea, like if mm. any of that was parable or was like fictional to be like, to tell a story. Like nobody asked me what I thought of any of that. I just always grew up assuming that that was true and that that had happened. And that was just what it was. It was all black and white. It was, it went beyond like, do you think the earth was created in six literal days? Mm-hmm. Because like, the, yeah, you've heard that from Christians, right? But yeah. like, I had never heard a Christian say like, I don't know if hell is real. Yeah, because you've never heard them, like, actually question what they've been taught their whole entire life. Exactly. And so it was, I was in a point where after the attempted suicide, I was getting messages from the church that we were still in and people found out and stuff like that. And it was, you're not praying hard enough. Uh, You are not in your word. You are not close enough to God. And I literally just wanted to be like, I've been doing nothing but praying for the last week. Mm-hmm. I've been doing nothing. I feel like I'm screaming at a brick wall and you are telling me my poor little baby up there. He's screaming at a brick wall. He is. <laughs> um, but I'm like, and you are telling me not only that you don't see me, but you don't care because I am not living by what you say. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. People got mad. I lost a lot of friends around them. Mm-hmm. Um, the friend that brought me to my first church stopped being friends with me mm-hmm. and sent me this long letter about how, like, I'm glad that you found this guy that you like. I'm jealous of that, but more so, like, my parents don't understand, and I have to explain to them all of your, like, Facebook posts. And, like, the people couldn't understand how angry I was at the church because mm-hmm. of how hurt I had been. And, like, literally all of these people were telling me, like, your feelings, like, your entire life you're told not to trust your feelings. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I am literally suicidal again. Like I am the most depressed I have ever been in my life. And I had been coerced by this Christian boy at this Christian college. And you're telling me you don't fucking care. Right. Like, just pray harder. I'm going to send you a devotional. Are you doing your devotions? You need to go to chapel more. You need to find a church. I would punch them. Well yeah but i was sitting in my bed like getting all these messages getting all these phone calls yeah and like literally if i wasn't suicidal already like i would it would have made me like it was so harmful and that's kind of like that was another clicking point where i was like all of these people that say they love me Mm. that say they are god's love and said that that they are the hands and the feet of christ and whatever like they're they're not they're not being the hands and the feet. They're not caring about me. They're judging me. And yeah. they're, they're condemning me. And they're like, well, if you hadn't gone to Cedarville, like, you should stay with R. And the thing, the thing is, I feel like this is going to, this might be confusing. I feel like these people are way off. Mm-hmm. But because it's so culty and because... Mm-hmm. It is 
you do everything with the church. These people never see... I mean, and I'm not saying they never go through shit. They do. Right. But they don't see the trials that people can go through, I guess is a good word. Mm-hmm. So if you're not seeing that, you're like, well, I do my devotionals every day. I, you know, I've never been depressed. Right. I've never been depressed. I do my devotionals. Mm-hmm. I, I pray to God. You know, why am I like, and this is working for me, so it's going to work for you. And it's like, no, bitch, you haven't like, gone you know what through. That, you know what that sounds like? What? An MLM. Yeah, it does sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> MLMs and churches are sometimes both. Yeah. Ones. No, it's like, no, you have like. Just because you haven't gone through shit in your life doesn't mean your devotionals are going to work for somebody. Right. Like This place called The Happy Givers. You probably wouldn't like their stuff because it's all like quote t-shirts that are like Christian-ish based. Mm-hmm. But they have one that says like, it's okay to have Jesus and a therapist too. Yeah. Because like outside therapy that wasn't biblical counseling was frowned upon. Mm-hmm. You were supposed to go to a leader in the church and only a leader in the church. Like you said... I don't know if a single person there knew or had like is openly like bipolar, right? Like, or has and they're not severe depression. They're not trained trained in that. No, they're not. Like, I'm not. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. if somebody who's bipolar came to me, I'm like, I can only tell you what works for me. Right. And what works for me is therapy and medication. Which is why when you say you can only say what works for you is why so many people are like, yeah go to god go to god like no i was so hurt by all of these people that were basically telling me like your opinions your thoughts don't matter like your experience your lived experience doesn't matter you're you're making this up in your head you're not depressed you're just not close to god this Uh is the devil telling you you're depressed hearing that over and over and over and over again i was like i'm gonna go fucking crazy right like i am going to shoot myself like i didn't i don't have a gun i've never had a gun but i was like i'm gonna shoot myself like i literally cannot take this anymore i need something and so like when nick came into my life kind of around the same time and started being like you know that's not love yeah and i was like wait 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 there's like there are christians who care more about people than what the bible says And that kind of was the clicking point for me because it's never been about... Like, people think that deconstructing, that you deconstruct because you're hurt. Mm -hmm. And I was deeply and severely traumatized by the church my entire life. Purity culture, all of it. Especially mental health. I did not leave the church because I was traumatized. I did not leave the church because I was hurt. At that moment, like, I left because what Nick was saying made sense. I saw something on uh, Instagram the other day that I liked, but it was like basically like I decided that loving others mattered more than theology. Mm. And that's what the Bible, in my opinion, teaches. But people are so hell bent on worshiping a book. Yeah. Which is what the second church we went to did. Mm. I think I think you were talking about like love or whatever. Mm-hmm. Didn't that? Am I mistaken? I swear they called it, like, Christian love. Like, Christianly love, where it's just, like... Brotherly love? Maybe. Being, like, like, super, like, blunt. Oh. But also, like, I'm Mm -hmm. saying it in, like... Yeah. In a God-honoring way. Oh, my God. That brings me to, like, such a bad... Like, people are always, like, if... Why do you have to agree with somebody to love them? You don't. No. You don't get to 
disrespect them Mm -hmm. you don't get to invalidate their existence or their opinions or their like feelings yeah (laughs) like that gets on a whole like um lgbtq um standpoint yeah and it's just like i can't sympathize when you're like voting against my existence so yeah yeah Yeah. and i think um like yeah i I love you but i don't love you know that like mm, fuck off. it's it's so funny (laughs) to me that i've had so many conversations lately about like the lgbtq community and like everyone thinks i speak hypothetically like Mm. everyone thinks that i'm speaking like for the community as like an ally yeah and not a part of the community yeah um because like as a bisexual woman myself like why the fuck would i choose your judgment right i've been in church my entire life and you think i'm, I'm choosing this I, yeah i mean and, and it's just like like you said why i mean if it's literally been ingrained in your head that is wrong right why would you be like oh okay let me go choose it even though this is a sin like i that's what i'm saying like don't assume and not assume ignorance in this case obviously but like don't assume malice why are you jumping to malice why are you jumping to me wanting to sin being the first thing right and not me being attracted to people yeah but i have heard people like girl defined Mm -hmm. they talk about like struggling with same-sex attraction Mm -hmm. and stuff like that Mm -hmm. like like it's a it's like a struggle right just like any other struggle i'm not struggling with it <laughs> wait you're the one struggling to accept me exactly um, struggling it's your it's your struggle if you think <laughs> and then people are always like well why do you have to like i literally i got into this is off topic we'll have to put this in a different episode yes but i literally got into a discussion with somebody about why can't you and first of all she was so ignorant and not stupid i'm not saying ignorant and like a stupid but ignorant and it's like she really did not know but she was talking about like muslims and like i was like well aren't muslims like don't they have the same god and she was like no because they don't believe jesus is christ and i was like well neither do jews but they're god's chosen people and she's mm-hmm. like well jews don't believe in the same god as us either i was like you can't fucking say that right like, I just the god of the bible is the jewish god i don't know what you're talking about whatever but we got into a long yeah go back to like sexuality we got into a long topic and she was like well why does me saying that like why do i have to agree with somebody to love them and i was like you you don't have to agree with them but you you can't try to actively eradicate their existence you can't vote against them right you can't tell them that they're not allowed to love who they love that they're not allowed to like you can't bully and like neglect people and then telling me you, you love me and she was like well like it's you have to tell people like the the, the correct like whatever mm. but then she's also like well why do and this was this one of the most painful arguments yeah <laughs> that i ever heard because she said why do why does um somebody's sexuality have to be their identity why does if i disagree with their sexuality mean i disagree with their identity and I was like, what, what? Well, it's a big part of their identity. I'm mm. like, you make being a wife your identity, and that's okay because you're straight. Yeah. Well, every an identity is like you can make your identity whatever the yeah. fuck you want well, to make your identity. I literally, yeah. I did not listen. She said she was sending me voice notes, and I was at work, so I had yeah. to like keep stepping out. And I was like, I don't want to listen to 18 voice memos because she sent me like a billion after I texted her. Oh my god, I really want to bring her on this podcast <sighs> and just like, fl- like flame the fuck. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Drink and Deconstruct podcast. I'm your host, Grace Marino, and I hope you had a great time with us today. See you next week. If you or anyone you know has a story that they would like to share about their own deconstruction experience, their own experience in a cult, please send them our way. You can email us at drinkanddeconstructpodcast at gmail.com or you can follow us on Instagram, drinkanddeconstructpod, and send us a DM over there.